0: Uh, because there's a lot of people sick there but thank you uh everyone from new testament thank you peter for for sharing the word um and we're going to get into the message today i'm going to expand a little bit on what you said but you guys can be seated Uh, awesome um my name is kevin gervati i'm on staff here at shiloh community church oh yeah Sorry, I'm double miked. I forgot. <laughs> My bad. going <laughs> to carry that thing around all morning. I don't even know. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, Two, if we could have someone... I never brought the, the bench over. Awesome. All right. So, yes. So, I'm Kevin Gervati <laughs> uh, uh, on staff here at Shiloh Community. Uh, also, uh, one of the youth leaders here. And I'll be bringing the message today. Um, we are kind of nearing the end of our Easter Series, join us on the journey, and we're going to be looking today at uh, the last forty days of Jesus' life, and uh, we'll also be looking at the Great Commission. I don't know, could we get the slides up there? Oh, they're in the back too. That would help me out if we could get them in the back. But if not, I'll just use these. Awesome. All right. Now, if you haven't been with us over the last couple weeks, man, the the last ten days before the resurrection they're an emotional roller coaster. Have you ever gone through and read the last 10 days of Jesus? It's pretty crazy. I mean, you have the triumphal entry, you have the turning over of the money tables, Jesus' last supper, the prayer on the Mount of Olives, betrayal, denial, crucifixion, the splitting of the veil in two, which Greg shared about last week, and the resurrection. Man, I read through that, and it's just a whirlwind of a lot of things happening in a short amount of time. And we're going to be picking up today right after resurrection sunday or on resurrection sunday and i just want to pray real quick too you know what easter resurrection sunday is the most amazing time of year for us as christians and it's awesome that we get to take a whole day and really a weekend because we had a uh, good Friday service here and celebrate that and praise God for it. But I just want to pray too that, that God opens our hearts to, to the message that he has us uh, for us today. So, so God, we just come before you right now, Lord, and, and I just thank you for the message that was just delivered, God. And I pray, God, this morning that you'll open our hearts wide to receive for what you have for us. God, I know that you died for us, you paid the price, and we glorify you for that, Lord. But you left here, Lord God, you left us with a mission, a, a purpose, Lord, and that's why we're still here down on earth and not up in heaven with you. So I just pray today, as that challenge comes forth right, right now, that everybody will get a fresh vision of the call that they have on their lives. In your holy, precious name, Jesus, amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to be um, concentrating today on the last, or oh, sorry, the 40 days of Jesus after the resurrection, he goes around and he appears to the disciples. He appears to a lot of his followers, and we're going to be talking about the Great Commission, his final instructions for us, all right? Um, now, looking at what happens right after the resurrection, this is really interesting. Now, when I was studying this, I, you know, you go through, and I've read the Bible so many times in my life, but every time you read the Bible, you know, you pick up on new things, you see things from a different angle, a different point of view. And when I'm reading this, one of the things that happens, you know, you have the ladies, Mary Magdalene and a bunch of other ladies, that morning on Resurrection Sunday, they go out and they go searching for the body of Jesus, right? Because they want to go, they have all these oils, they want to go it. They get to the tomb and what happens? It's empty. They see angels, right? And they're told to go back to disciples and let them know what happens, right? But it's so interesting. When I was looking at this, who were the first people to hear that Jesus had resurrection? Who, were the fir- who was the first person to see Jesus himself after the resurrection? And who was the first group of people to tell people that Jesus has resurrected? Do you know what that group? who those group of, group of people were? The women. The women. Now listen. In society, sometimes we don't give you guys enough street cred. All right. You guys are amazing. All right. Women are incredible. All right. My wife, we have two little kids. All right. What she puts up with on a daily basis, man, it is tough. All right. I have I've had some tough jobs in life, but staying home with two little kids. Man, that that is work, all right? Now, here's the other thing. The guys, all right? The girls are out looking for Jesus. Where are the guys in this story, all right? They're at home, all right? They're sitting, they're locked up, all right? And and they're like, they're scared. They don't want anybody to come and grab them. Okay, no, but the girls are out there looking for Jesus. Why do you think Jesus appears to the girls first? All right? Girls are tougher than guys, too. I just have to say that, right? I've been a coach for a long time. I coach girls and guys, too. Girls are, I mean, guys are pansies. I have girls with, like, broken legs trying to get and, like, play in the game. Like, coach, don't take me out. I'm like, your leg's broken. Like, I don't care. And the guys, they stub a toenail, right? And they're like, coach, coach, I can't do this anymore, all right? All right, girls, you guys are amazing, all right? And I want to say this, too. The first people who, who talked to me and shared with me about Jesus They were women. They were the Sunday school teachers in the church that I was at growing up. All right? So all you ladies, all the time, the energy, the effort you put into raising kids and teaching them about God and the gospel, like that's why guys can stand up here and and put their clothes on and not be look weird, all right? You guys do so much for us, so thank you. All right? And thank you for all the ladies. And I know that some of you guys were in Shiloh kids, all right? And this is a plug, too. I think the most amazing thing, one of the most amazing things that Shiloh does is, is kids camp during the year. I, I've been to a lot of kids camps in my life and to have this church pull together and orchestrate the amazing time, that amazing week that you guys do, thank you. And what you guys do matters. And we're gonna try to invite uh, some of the kids from Roca this year to come out and be a part of that. So to do some more outreach, to bring uh, inner city kids in. So if you haven't signed up to volunteer, go on the website and do that. Um, And I'll put one more plug in. Uh, We did, can I tell them about Foster Love? We did have that this week. You remember back in Christmas, all right? And we raised all that money. For foster care workers, we went and then we got to bless them with a lunch and they were blown away. Like, why are you guys here? And then we gave them a lunch stuff and they were awesome. But it's going to be more opportunities we're going to have uh, to get uh, and bless kids and families like in our community. So thank you guys for that. All right. So we're moving on. All right. <clears throat> the next thing that happens is Jesus meets two of his fellow followers on the road to Emmaus. Right? Now, Jesus appears to them, and during this time, these guys are confused. They don't know what just happened. They're like, man, this guy, Jesus was here. He's doing all these miracles. He's awesome. We had this triumphal entry. We think we're going to crown him king. He's going to be king. He's going to restore Israel. He's going to conquer the Romans. But they're confused, and they don't understand. So they're walking with him, and Jesus is there, but they don't know that he's Jesus. They don't recognize him. And they're wondering what happened. So Jesus, as Jesus is walking with them, he goes to explain. He's like, guys, don't you you read? Come on, you've been studying this your whole lives. But he opens their minds to the Old Testament because that was scripture back then, right? The Old Testament. So as they go through the Torah, the, the books that Moses wrote, they go through the Psalms. They go through all the prophecies. And Jesus is explaining to them on the road all these things that talked about not only his coming, but his death and resurrection and why it had to happen. These guys are like, oh yeah, man, I read that. I, how did I miss that? You know. And Jesus appears to them and he shows them all of that. So um, here's the deal. These guys never truly understood up until that conversation of the true message and mission of Jesus, his purpose, the why he was here, why he was sent down to earth for this time. And you know, a lot of people, you know, especially the United States, they've heard the name Jesus, but not everybody really fully understands the true message and purpose of who Jesus was and why he came to earth, All right? We'll get into that later. Now, next, I, I do want to read um, a little bit here in, in Luke. So if you guys have your Bibles and you guys can open up to Luke 24, we're going to start in verse Thirty-five, and it's a little bit of reading, um, but I'll try to make it as animated as possible, so you don't—I don't lose you, don't get bored. All right, so. Jesus has just appeared to the two guys. All right, they all right have met, they're, they're going to Emmaus, but all of a sudden after this whole Jesus thing, they hurry back to Jerusalem and they go find the disciples, right? And this is where we pick up the story. So these two guys uh, in verse 35, they tell their story of how Jesus appeared to them walking on the road and how they recognized them after they started breaking bread. I don't know if, you know, Jesus, like his sleeve popped out and they saw like the nail scarred hand, I'm like, oh my gosh, it really is him, right? Or what happened there. But um, they're telling about this story. And all of a sudden, Jesus just appears out of nowhere. And he says, hey, peace be with you. Now, the whole group, they're startled. They're frightened. All right. Now, I think this is kind of interesting because Jesus can announce himself in any way. All right, but when I look at this, I was frustrated at one of my friends this week. All right, and I actually went to his workplace to call him out on it uh, because he was kind of annoying me. And I went down, so he was, he was at 1269, right? It wasn't a big deal. I didn't like show up, make a big scene. All right, and he was just eating lunch. He was making something for himself. But I just stood there, you know, And I was, and all of a sudden he looked up at me and like startled them, all right? And it was, I got some joy out of that. (laughs) You know, have you ever ever been like pull a prank on someone and scare them? My girls love trying to do that to me all the time now. It's pretty funny, all right? But Jesus startled them and they thought he was, they were frightened. They were thinking, man, are you a ghost? But he looks at them. And I think during this time that he's kind of frustrated with these guys. I mean, think about it. He had been talking to them this whole time ...about what was going to happen. He says, Why are you frightened? He asked, Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. Can you see that this is really me? Touch me. Make sure that I'm not a ghost. Because ghosts don't have bodies. As you can see, I do. He spoke. He showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief... ...filled with joy and wonder... And then he asked them a question. I thought this was awesome. Hey, guys, do you have anything to eat? All right. That is my Jesus. All right. That's awesome. When we get to heaven, we have the marriage supper, the lamb up there. God loves to eat. I love to eat good food. All right. All you people that are great cooks, thank you. All right. You make all of our lives better. But that's just awesome about Jesus. All right. Then he says, when When I was with you before, I told you everything that was written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. He opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago about the Messiah. He would have to suffer and die and raise from the dead on the third day. And he says, it was also written in this message message that uh, would be proclaimed. Sorry, it was also written that this message would also be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. He says, there is forgiveness for sins who, for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. He says, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father has promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Ghost comes and fills you with power from heaven. Now I can't get too much into that because Greg will be preaching those messages in a couple of weeks. But it's awesome that Jesus was frustrated with these guys, all right? Now, I do up here have a slide here, you know, my personal takeaways from this. Jesus has a sense of humor. He might be a, a, a bit of a prankster, and he loves to eat, all right? But we can go on. Those are just sidebars, all right? Um, he was frustrated with his disciples. You know, he had been teaching them. He'd been calling them out. You know, he'd been showing them all these things, and they're there, and they're huddled. They're frightened. They're hidden, you know, and think about it, during the crucifixion, what happened? They abandoned them. Peter denied Jesus, you know. All of these things Jesus had to put up with, and these were supposed to be his best friends. Supposed to be his crew, right? Um, so there is time of restoration for these guys after that. So after this time in, uh, in Luke 24, Jesus does appear to the disciples, Again, actually a few times. Uh, the third time he appears to them, the disciples are there on a boat. They're fishing. Peter decides, "Man, I just got to get away." And what is his getaway? His getaway is fishing. All right. I know Molina's. That's your getaway too. All right. We had this conversation, Dom. All right. Last night. Okay. So there they're fishing, and then all of a sudden, some guy comes to a boat. Or, you know, calls to the boat. He said, "Hey, what'd you guys catch?" Like, eh, nothing. He's like, "Cast your nets out on the other side." And all of a sudden, boom. All right, they get a bigger catch than they could ever imagine. All right, some of you guys that would make you super happy. Okay, um, but during this time, and it's awesome what Peter does in this. When he recognizes that this is Jesus, you know, he's there, you know, probably showing off his awesome body shirtless. So he throws on his tunic. And what does he do? He jumps off the boat with his clothes on and he swims right up to Jesus. Because even though Peter denied Jesus, he really does love him. And Peter gives him the chance over and over again. He says, hey, you know, Jesus says, hey, do you love me? Three times he says it. And he does use the different phileo versus agape love that I think Greg's preached about before. But Jesus has a mission for his disciples. He has a mission for Peter. And he wants to know that, that they're, they're good. All right. Um, and now here's the thing. When you read through this and then you get all the way up into Acts, Disciples still have a question. They're like, yeah, we get it. You know, you came back, you know, you, you, you rose from the dead and this is awesome. He's like, but we're still thinking, man, it still says in the scripture that the Messiah is supposed to come and restore Israel. Because you have to understand, if you're living in a nation that's oppressed by another country, that's dictating laws, rules, and regulations, that's frustrating to live under that. And your hope is, man, that God's going to come and he's going to blow these guys out of the water and you're going to have the glory days of old when, when David and Solomon were ruling and reigning, right? And, and the, the Hebrew law was able to, to totally be in place. But this is what happens. He, Jesus says, listen, he says, only God, God's, God the Father is going to set the time for that. He's like, but right now, during this time, I came from a different re- for a totally different reason. I want us, and I want our focus needs to be on building the kingdom of God. And this is where I want to go with our second half of our message today, um, because you see, God had preparing been preparing these uh, disciples for their destiny. Jesus had been teaching and training the disciples for three years. Uh, They had seen miracles, signs, wonders. They had witnessed chains being broken, people being set free. They saw firsthand God's power over sickness, disease, and even the laws of nature. And they were given the authority in the name of Jesus to go and do the same. And this is where the Great Commission comes in. And I want us to read this together real quick. Because this commission that he gave them is also for us says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptist. Baptize, sorry, I'm sorry. I, I, I paused. I tried to do a dramatic pause. You guys are awesome for keep reading. We'll keep, we'll keep going, right? This is my bad. I screwed this up, okay? It's my fault. Okay, so baptizing them in, all, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe everything that I had commanded you, right? And that's found in Matthew, all right? So, so this was his final instructions before he left earth. This was what he was telling the disciples, right? Now, the Great Commission is the commission of building the kingdom of God, and it's been passed on from generation to generation to generation until we get these people you see here, all right? Because they were obedient, because they obeyed, because disciples were made from generation to generation. But now, whose turn is it to carry this on? It's ours. All right? It's our turn. And when we have our eyes open to the revelation of who Jesus is, we get to experience the freedom found only in him and understand the price that he paid. He doesn't want us to keep our mouth shut. Our purpose here in life is wherever we go, we're Jesus' hand and feet. We're loving people. But we're not just loving them. We're also sharing with them Truth. And I feel like, you know, in our society today, you know, in the culture we live in, especially here in the Northeast, there's a lot of things you can talk about. But talking about the truth can be a no-no. But here's the deal. There comes a point in time in most people's lives where they experience hardship. They experience trials and tribulations where they can't do things on their own anymore. And they're looking for answers. And it's those times that we, as the body of Christ, we as Christ followers need to be ready to share with them that truth. So we never have to beat it over anybody's head. But if we're there sensitive to the Holy Spirit, he's going to open up opportunities for us and we need to be ready. That's where sensitivity and following the Lord really comes into play. And, And this word go is so significant. I mean, we can go and we can do all the services we want. We can have all the fun events we want at church. But where are all the sick, the dying, the hurt, the lost, the needy? Where are they? They're not here, most of them in this church. Compared to what's here in this church, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of more time. They're out there. That's why God said go. He didn't say come, you know, have, you know, your nice party every week and be cool with that. No, go. And we'll talk more about this, right? But that's our call. And it's interesting in Psalm one thirty nine, I, I had this, this psalm written uh, and, and posted in, in my actually my bedroom window or my bed not window but on my bedroom wall growing up, um, and and I saw this and I read this one. It says, "You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed." When I read this, I got excited. I started thinking, man. God's got a book written about me and heaven. And then you read in Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ so that we can do the good things he's planned for us long ago. This thought, this epiphany as a kid, man, that God has planned out all these amazing and crazy, awesome things for me to do. Man, God, what is my destiny? Well, what, what have you called me to do? Man, I've read Daniel and I, I watched how you shut the mouths of lions. I saw, you know, in the Torah, the Moses. Man, you did crazy things. Elijah and Elijah, man, you were calling down fire from heaven. You were like, you killed people who made fun of him. The bald guy with bears. Man, there's some crazy stuff in here. And they had some awesome stories, right? And there's a story about me and there's a story about you written in heaven. right? But I want to tell you something too that, it irks me. And, and I know that there's some uh, students in here that, that go to Bible college and stuff. You know, when, when you talk to a Bible college a lot of times you say, man, I'm called into full-time ministry, you know. And I always thought about that. And I was like, you know something? Like, we are all called into full-time ministry. All right. And just because I'm up here, like, standing in front of you and preaching a message, I, the, the weight, the responsibility, the call in my life is no greater or lesser than the call that God has in your life. And I'll tell you something, when I got out of seminary, when I was, you know, doing my thing, God called me down to Texas to plant a church down there. The first thing that God had me do, you know, and I was, we were playing the church, but I was going to support myself. I was going to work for TD Ameritrade, you know, and God, this word go. God said, you know what? I called you down here to work with kids. You're not supposed to be working in finance, all right? Up in this, you know, TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, one of these huge organizations. I called you down here with kids. It's like, Kevin. Wake up. Where are most of the kids? Where do they spend most of their time? Thought about it. Where was it? Somebody said it. School. He's like, guess what you're doing, buddy? You're going back to school and you're going to be a teacher. like, man, really? (laughs) Like I already been through a lot of school. So God had me go back to school for that very purpose. And it was crazy. So in Texas, all right, it's unlike a lot of other states. You can actually teach Bible like as a subject. It's supposed to be, you know, a literature class. All right, we had Sunday school, all right, every in my class. All right, so, so it was crazy. Yeah, I got to go back to school. And when I went back to the college DBU, man, we started a Bible study that blew up down there. We, 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 I went into a school. We went to inner city Dallas to Oak Cliff, all right. If you know Oak Cliff, all right, it is the bad part of town, right. You do not want to be caught over there. But it was a charter school, and it was on a former campus of a church. And I kid you not, they asked me to teach Bible. And I could see God's divine providence. And I'm going to tell you, I had so much more influence on kids. And why? It was all about time. I had these kids every single day, sometimes multiple times a day. And they let me teach Bible class. So I would give them little snippets. I would, I would put out questions, you know, to them. And I would make them think it. I was like, you want answers? You come to Bible class. And we'll answer any question you want to about life, about the Bible, whatever. And kids started coming to know the Lord. So much so I had to switch churches and move to a closer church just so we could bring the kids You know, and they could have a place to go. But it was awesome. And I was a teacher. All right? I wasn't, yes, I was a pastor. I was doing a lot of stuff too. But me in teacher role, I was being more fruitful and more productive than ever. And it was awesome. All right? Never even dreamed I'd be a teacher. So just some interesting points here. God's called us to be co-laborers with him. And when we're co-laborers with him, and we give our life to him, we should be expecting um, divine appointments, God, to bring people in our lives. And where the body of Christ, every single one of us has a different, a different gift, talent, and ability. And without you using yours, we'll never reach our full potential. We'll, all of us will miss out. But we really do need to go. And I'll just tell you, you know, one quick story. My, my first time when I was there doing my student teaching, there was a kid MJ, who was the smallest kid in his grade, he sat all alone at lunchtime. He never went to lunch, and I didn't know why. But because he was, I'm going to forget the term, but but basically his mom was taking cocaine while she was pregnant. So it messed him up, right? It messed up, you know, his growth and everything. He was taking growth hormones. And because he was taking growth hormones, he wasn't hungry. And because he was the shortest kid, and, and honestly, it was pretty annoying. All right, but I love him. All right, he was all like alone because no one hangs hang out. So I befriended him. And he was a kid who started coming to church, started coming to a youth group. And years later, he ended up starting a Bible study when uh, the, the city we were living up just blew up in population. They had to build a whole new high school. And he was the first one to start a Bible study in that brand new school. All right? And, and he's done amazing things <clears throat> to that. He's even made a commercial. I don't know if you've ever seen the show, How I Met Your Mother. But the last commercial he actually he made for that. Yep. Um, now, if you guys, I could ask you to come up, uh, can come up real quick on stage. So, <clears throat> this world that we live in, there's a lot of people that are broken. There's a lot of people that need or have uh, wounds in their hearts. You know, now... God has called all of us to go. And have you ever thought about this? Um, Let me see in here. Cool. You ever thought about this? That, you know, throughout life or in life, God sees every single hurt person in this world. God sees every single pain, every single sorrow, every single trial that people are going through. And think about how small this group is compared to the amount of people out there. But when we answer this call, go, we're going to walk through life. And there's people that are dealing with relationship issues. All right. There's people that are struggling with addiction. There's people that are are wanting to grow in their relationship with God or just want to know, you know, hey, the truth about God. And as we go through our journey in life, God's calling us to go and to, sorry, I'm going to read your thing, uh, to share like godly principles, all right? To share freedom that we found in Christ, to share, you know, about the wisdom that we get uh, through God, and also to share with other people who are searching in truth. You can flip that over now, buddy, all right? But when we go with our eyes open, he's going to put people in our path people along the way that we're supposed to disciple, people along the way that we're going to share, people along the way that their lives are going to be molded, they're going to be shaped, and they're going to be changed and transformed because we said yes. And when I get up to heaven, I want that to be my legacy. I want to see those people. Thank you guys so much for standing up uh, here. All right. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this too. All right. But I mentioned this a little bit earlier. That we, we are going to be up in heaven one day. All right. And we're going to be up there. And Noah's going to be up there. This is awesome, right? All right, this is awesome. Okay, this is payback. Listen, Greg made me dress up like an angel for Christmas, all right? Hey, where's your staff, buddy? You're supposed to have a staff. He totally forgot. All right, Phil. Right? No, just kidding. All right, all right. He's supposed to be Moses, right? We're going to get up to heaven one day, and we're going to see all the great cloud of the witnesses, all these amazing people, and they're going to have crazy stories. All right, if I go up in heaven, and I get a chance to sit right next to Moses, right, who will have his staff there, just kidding, all right, he's going to tell me, man, yeah, when I was was here on earth, you know, I grew up in the Pharaoh's palace, all right, but I rejected what he had, you know, and Moses, he was there in the desert for 40 years, the burning bush, that must have been a crazy sight, all right, and then, all right, God calls him, and then the 10 plagues, can you believe that? You got frogs, you got gnats, all right, people dying everywhere, all right, that was darkness, okay, and then the Red Sea, oh my gosh, the sea that you walked across, dry oh my all this stuff is happening and not only that you freaked everybody out all right when you came down from the mount sinai and you were glowing and people were like why are you glowing all right can you put a veil over your head this is wild we can't handle this okay and you wrote the first five books of the bible all right so you're going to get a chance you're going to get to hear all these stories from all these amazing people but my question to you is god also has amazing stories that he's written about you what amazing things has he written about you what what's your destiny and i'm just going to close with this this is a challenge for all of us to go because god does have a unique purpose a unique plan in your life. And when you say yes to God, I'm telling you, like, God just brought me some amazing, cool places. I've got to go to the, you know, Peruvian Amazon jungle. I've got to go to Haiti. You know, I've been to Dallas in the inner city, and now I'm here with these crazy kids in Manchester. (laughs) All right. Um, But my hope and my goal in life is, you know, when I was a kid, You know, I did pray that prayer. God, I I want stories. I want to be able to share. But more than that, when I get up to heaven, I can't take a house. I can't take any toys. I can't take any money with me. But you know who I can take with me? All my friends and all the people I meet in life. And, And we live in the least church state in the country. And that bothers me. There are no Bible studies going on right now in the four high schools of Manchester. And that bothers me. That should bother all of us. And the fact is that if we, as the body of Christ, not just pastors or people on church staff, but if we, as the body of Christ, really understand and start living out passionately the call that we have in our lives, that's how this city is going to be taken over and transformed. That's how the culture of of our society is gonna be different. But we have to answer that call and say, God, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be your hands and feet. Whatever job you put me in, whatever neighborhood you put me in, whatever family you set me in, that's my mission field. So this is my prayer for us today. Is will we devote Our life to following Jesus wherever and whomever He may lead us. Will you ask Him to fill you with the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you? Will you ask Him to use you to dedicate your gifts, talents, and resources to Him? Will you seek Him first every day of your life and fan the flame of passion for Him? Because God didn't call us to be one and done, He didn't say, Hey, you know, it's good just to be Christians on Sunday. But he's called you and I to go. And he wants you to do it with passion and with purpose. So I want to pray today. And if if you agree with me on this, if you're saying yes, will you join me with this prayer? Because I think, too, it's something that we need to dedicate ourselves to God daily. You know, and sometimes it's hard. Sometimes when you say yes to God, you look at the disciples' life, you looked at Moses' life, what he had to pull up with, in those Israelites, all right, it's difficult. But I'm going to tell you, in the end, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. The sacrifices that you make today, God's going to bless you a hundredfold up in heaven. You, you can't even imagine what God's going to give you. But let's pray. Let's pray that us as a church, that we answer that call. Can we do that? All right, amen. So Father, we just come before you today. God, and, and this morning, we dedicate our lives to you. We dedicate our talents, our gifts, our resources to you, Lord. God, we ask that you would use us. God, there's, there's so many, there's thousands of people out there that are dying, you know, they're hurt, you know, and, and when they die, they may not meet you to heaven because they don't fully understand who you were, Jesus, and what you did on the cross for them. They've never experienced the freedom and the joy that comes when we accept you as their Lord and Savior of life. But God, I pray that when we leave here today, God, that that we'll be challenged afresh and anew in a fresh vision where we can be your hands and your feet, Father. God, help us not to be timid. Help us not to be mild, Lord God. But I pray, Lord God, that you'll stir within us a fresh passion and a fresh fire for you, Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, that that you'll open our eyes, Lord God, so when you bring people in our way, when you set up those divine appointments, that we're ready. We're ready to share. We're ready to bless. We're ready to meet those needs, Father. God, use us. So we thank you for what you did. We realize that it's our turn. God, and I pray that when we see you, that one faithful day, God, we stand before you at the gates of glory. You'll be able to say, well done, my good and faithful servant to all of us here today, Father. So we just thank you, we praise you, and may our lives glorify you in all that we do. In your holy precious name, Jesus. Amen. So thank you guys today. That's my challenge to you. Thank you for joining us online. If you guys have any questions or concerns, please feel free. And if you're somebody who's never accepted the Lord and you want to do that today, I'll be standing right here waiting for you. (laughs) Uh, But come up and, uh, and join us and talk to us. Thank you so much. Have a great day, guys.